We're live with the 2020 Experience Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. If you would like to watch for full effect, you can follow us on YouTube at 2020 Fitness. Enjoy the show. Jeremy White for John Raleigh here. We have Lene Yo in the house. And the reason we're here for this conversation is you came up to me, was it like six months ago in the gym? Mm -hmm. And you said something. What'd you say? I, it completely caught me out of the blue, and, and I'll give my background. I don't have a lot of background, aside from what you've told me in class. I said I got my bone density to not be osteoporosis. Yeah. Oh, nice. And past osteopenia to, like, a good level. Yeah. Which I um, have been working on for probably 10 years. Yeah. 8 to 10 years. Holy smokes. And then after 6 months of... You know, probably after... This was after about... You had been here about a year. I'd been here a year. Yeah. And then before that, I'd done done some um, weight training and, and CrossFit type yeah. of things. But what I didn't know 10 years ago was that not only menopause, but um, chemotherapy yes. that I had 11 years ago puts your body into a, a menopause state or it, it shuts it down. It, it kills everything to try to make you well. Yeah. And what that does to your body, it speeds up all the processes to where your bones change their density because you, you aren't getting all of the all of the hormones and the things you need to, to build. I'm not a doctor. I just yeah. know when I go to the doctor what they tell me I need to work on and I try to figure out ways to improve it without drugs. Now, this, okay, so this this is what, I'm going to clip this on you actually, because this is what shell-shocked me, is you you come up with the story of, hey, I've improved my bone density, and, and we've heard this before, so that you know didn't quite blow my mind. I'm very happy to hear that, like, oh, that's great, you're lifting heavy weights, you're eating good foods, like, I'm glad it's going in the right direction. Awesome. Right. What happened 10 years before that? Can, can you walk us through? Yeah, so 10 years, 11 years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was 45 years old, and I had um, one child who was in first grade, and I was just like, wow. Now, my mom had the same cancer when she was 45, so I, I mean, I, I kind of thought, wow, I might have this, you know, I might have the gene, I might have this when I'm her age, but you know, you just don't. So that always linger. Yeah, but you don't think it's gonna happen to me. And when it does, well, what's the big deal, you know? I. Everybody has cancer, you know, but it is, it, it's a big deal. It's scary. It, you don't really know what it's going to do to your body. And, and it's like losing control, which we're so used to being in control. I, I kind of equate it to being pregnant because you lose control of your body and another being in that case, but in this case, cancer takes over. So they tell you what to do or they give you percentages. They don't really tell you what to do. They say, okay, here are your options. And if you do this, you have this percent chance. Right. Yeah. And for me, I wanted to know right away if I had the gene like my mom. And they're like, no, no, we need to get you healthy first, and then we'll go there. Yeah. And I was like, well, I might make different decisions if I had all the information. So it kind of depends on, but to fast forward, I, I ended up having the, the BRCA gene, and I ended up, everything, lumpectomy, chemotherapy, radiation, and then I had a hysterectomy and double mastectomy. And all of and that- Over the course of what period Five of time? years. Over the course of five to six years, I had all that. And then I even had fat transfers to go back into my chest 
because then, I mean, you, when you have cancer, you kind of go, well, I just want to be alive. Sure. Yeah. And then after you're alive, you go, well, I want a quality life. I want to be back to normal. I, I, I want to have control of my body again. I, I want to look good. I want to feel good. And then they're like, well, the first thing that's going to happen, your bone density, they check your blood. They say, oh, the first place it could go is your brain. You know, you're like... <laughs> Thanks for telling me. Yeah, yeah thanks. I, Let's I, worry I, about I, that. I now. To now, know now you that. want to give me all the information. Yeah, yeah. And and when they tell you you have osteoporosis and you're 48 years old, you're just like, no, no, no. I, I I've I've done better than that. That isn't me. So it, it's interesting to to then go. Well, now what do I do? And they're like, oh, walking, not really running. What you need some sort of pounding. You need some sort of of weight. Um, you know, weight, doing doing weights. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to figure it out. I mean, I talked to enough people. You don't want to talk to everybody because sure. you don't want everybody to go, oh, my mom had that or poor you or poor you. Know, sure, you like still you're on your way that. out. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just, you don't want to be, you don't want that to be your your um, identity. Yeah. In other words, you want to be a survivor, but how you get to the next level. So. So coming here, having people help me, like I didn't know when you have a double mastectomy, they they cut through your pec muscle, I believe, mm-hmm. to create a pocket. And you know they tell you not to move your arms or hey raise your arm or for a period of time. For a period of time, yeah. and then and then it's about figuring out how you get to the next level after you're back to being able to move. So, so what the bone density thing tells me and what my strength tells me is I'm getting back to normal, but it takes so much time. And nobody tells you what to do. Nobody, nobody, I mean, when you go to the doctor, they'll say, hey, all your blood work looks right, all this, um, I don't know what you're doing, but great. But, but keep doing it. Yeah. If, it yeah. if it's good, keep doing it. Right, but if you go in there and you're heavier or, now that's a sign, you know, you shouldn't, you know, we don't want you to gain that much weight, or um, your blood looks this, or you know, take this Boniva, or you know, and, and I didn't want that. And they also take out a lot of lymph nodes in your body, and the lymph system is what keeps all the fluids flowing. And again, I'm not a doctor, but um, I've done a lot of lymphatic massages and things to get the lymph system flowing again. And I, I, I read one of your um, tips about the magnesium oil. Mm-hmm. I do that. I do. Epsom. Does it does it sting? Yes. And and when it does, it's healing. Like yeah. I noticed, yeah. and even Epsom salt baths. I mean, a lot of people use them to recover, but you'll you'll heal. Like it starts to heal even if you have little cuts on your hands. If you're in the Epsom salt bath for 30 minutes, add baking soda. It helps it absorb. What the mm. baking soda does? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've never known that. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's a fun. How much um, baking soda? You know, I usually just just a little like a like a yeah a it's splash. Like my it's like cooking, <laughs> yeah, a splash of baking soda. I use a lot of of um, the Epsom salts, the magnesium chloride. But then after, I'll even spray the the magnesium oil all over under your arms, just all over, and it helps your body. And when it and I even do it in my hair, it helps your scalp to Ooh. breathe. Julie yeah, like if you have hard water or depending on what um, uh, what products you use on your hair, it, it helps and you leave it in for 30 minutes with a towel and then wash your hair and it helps well, clear, this, clear out your... My hair, we're getting like beauty, beauty, beauty <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's perfect. 
Yeah, so all, all of those things and a lot of, I, I do some supplements, but the when I read your magnesium, I'm like, that's what I do. I do that. You've been, you've been doing a long yeah. time. doing that for a while. But, but just learning how to get strong, it, you just can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. It is so much healthier and, and people helping you and you'll, you'll tell somebody like, oh, wow, I have that too. What are you doing? So sharing ideas. Mm-hmm. I used to, you know, get on an elliptical machine in my basement and that's what I would do. But there isn't that sense of community and the, the sense of helping each other and sharing stories and understanding what somebody else is going through so that you can be there for them. I mean, they do ask you when you're at, going through all your appointments, do you have somebody in your life? That, that's gonna be with you. That's gonna be with you. And John, I know you've gone through with your mom. I mean, we've all been touched by people that have gone through cancer or heart disease or any any type of, of an illness where you have to take control of your life. No one's going to do it for you. And you asked me one question, what do I know now that I didn't know 10 years ago? That's where I was going to go next, so thank yeah. you. Um, or what, Okay, so yeah, what would you tell yourself, but what would you tell that other person? I would say... Who's 43. Right. Be your you own know, advocate. Don't be afraid to go to the doctor, but know that it's about everything. It isn't just about the doctor. It isn't just about going to the gym. It isn't just about what you eat. It's about the balance of it all. Right. Stress, sleep. I don't think people put enough um, emphasis on sleep. I think it's a great thing that you know we just take for granted. Or if you're not sleeping well, you're struggling with sure. sleep. And magnesium oil, um, I think all of that, and, and just I noticed your two hour no screen time mm-hmm. before you go to bed. All of that enters into how you sleep, and that's what's going to make your body healthier and stronger. So I always knew I had to be my own advocate, but I didn't know to what extent. And, and it goes back to doctors and percentages, and but they also are counting on you to do your part to make the percentage right. yeah. what it was. And that's what they kept giving me. Well, if you do this, you're 90% chance of having cancer again. If you do this, you're 63. If you do this, you're 5%. And I wanted 5. Right. Now, yeah. I, I, my percentages are like everybody How many else years is. have you been free? 11. Oh, 11. Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. No kidding. That's amazing. No, my my stepmom had the exact same thing. Like all the gene, the really every, everything. Like the exact like the exact same story that you're going through. She what had age? that. She was probably thirty. Well, so I was in fifth grade or sixth grade, and so she was probably. I mean, she's only forty four now. So that was, I mean, wow. So she was in her like 30s. early thirties. Early 30s and had all that. And the reason I'm, I'm asking or saying this is like, as a kid, when my mom was going through that, when I was in fifth or sixth grade, I didn't necessarily comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Right? I knew something was weird. She'd come pick me up from middle school with her with no hair. Right. And I was like, I, just, I didn't really think anything of it. My dad shaved his head. You know, we played with a wig and everything. She was sick all the time. Um, I didn't. I didn't take it for what it was. Now she's been done and out of it for a long time, uh, now as well. But I'm curious on like Zach's uh, perspective. Like, perspective, like mm-hmm. he's only first, first grade. grade. Yeah, first yeah, grade. But I mean, he had five years of that, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's from a different perspective, kind of. But I'm wondering, like, how did you handle it as a as a mom? Because I've never asked my stepmom like this. Like, how did, what how did it affect you when you were like trying to, you know. Be positive. For be your positive. Child. Well, yeah. you are like, 
you had to be, you're literally dying inside. Like literally right. you are dying inside. And you want to be positive because you don't want them to be scared. Yeah. Right. So you got to put on a front. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I remember when we came home from the doctor and I said, well, I'm going to go have surgery and um, they're going to take something out of me. I didn't really want to tell him the word. Yeah. And he said, what is it? I go, it, it's going to be fine. You know, and he goes, what's it called? And I said, it's called cancer. He goes, that's bad. Cancer's bad, mom. I go, it can be, but when you catch it early and... You take it out? Yeah, you take it out. Can I get a water, too? My water. Yeah. Oh, where is it? Right there. Is that yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cucumber mint water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it? <laughs> no, it's cute. All our podcast guests have seen free cucumber mint water. <laughs> <laughs> that you get with yes. with every podcast. Um, so I, I, I was afraid to tell him, but when I said cancer and he said it was bad... Um, I said, but we're gonna we're gonna fix it. And we kind of went through the steps, and they do give you like little pamphlets of how to talk about it. But it was kind of fun because I I went to the school, and they all wanted to um, have me come, and they wanted to give me cards and treats. And so we tried to turn it into a healthy experience. My husband did an amazing job of keeping him, keeping Zach like on the positive, and let me kind of heal. I worked through the whole thing because I, I was just gonna I, ask I, you, uh, what was your balance like? Yeah, I did. <clears throat> so I would um, have the chemo on Friday. So I had Saturday, Sunday, go to work Monday. And my work people were awesome too. It is it is about the community. And when you walk in here, you have those words are giant all over because it is about the community. And his classmates helped. They all brought me things. And I think he was really proud of that. He has learned <clears throat> probably a lot more about it than you think. And you probably did too yeah. about your health. He is a healthy, healthy, healthy kid. Mm-hmm. And when somebody has cancer, he'll be like, "How bad is it? What do they have to do?" Like he's very, he's intuitive. He gets it. He and and I remember maybe he was being younger at mm-hmm. fifth grade for you. You were in a whole different, whole different world. world. Yeah, he was in first grade. Yeah, where your mom's. You know, you're 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 more tied to that yeah, than yeah. your friends and, and that type of thing. So it may have been better when I say that, and because he didn't understand all the ramifications mm-hmm. of, of what it could have, have meant. And I'd always say, look at Grandma, because my mom is 81, complete survivor, had done everything. She's 81 right now. 81 right now. Love it. So she was 45, and it was kind of interesting because I didn't know how old she was until I called her the day I found out. I'm like, Mom, how old were you? She goes, I was 45. I'm be just the weird the weird things that happen yeah now was she a a source of hope for you yes very much I I did everything my mom did now one thing that's interesting what I learned about the lymph system is it back then that many years 40 some years ago or 30 some years ago they took so many more lymph nodes out of your body I mean she had probably four times what I had taken out I mean all of them under our arms oh my gosh Uh, I mean and so she wears um, compression sleeves she has to wear them all day all night all the time and I just said no I'm not doing that and luckily so as time and the other thing I told Zach was when you're of age because you know men have to worry about the gene too so I would pass the gene to him Mm -hmm. um, your stepmom no she's my stepmom so So, yeah so yeah yeah. so but you, you think about what and that, that's the part that breaks your heart mm-hmm. is that you don't want to pass that on to your child. And he said, well, 
when I was finally doing the double mastectomy, he said, when do I have to get tested to see if I have the gene? Oh, really? He asked that yeah. at a young of an age. And then you, that breaks your heart. Yeah. And I said, well, then you'll, it, they'll have a cure. And you, we've talked about that too. Mm-hmm. How, are, you know, what, what are the odds and how hard is it to find it? And can you turn off the gene? You know, there's all that going on. What, what triggers it? Yeah, it, whether you have it or not, what, what triggers turning it on? Right. So what, what would you, so say, so we said going back 10 years, what would you do, let's say 20 years ago? Knowing what you know now. Knowing what I know now. How, how would you try to prevent this from well, happening in the first place? I don't know. I guess you could be a little more proactive and not get cancer and figure out if you had the gene before. Mm-hmm. But the insurance companies, they almost don't want you to know. They don't want to know because then it's going to cost them more. Right. So I struggled. So at 26, I started having my, uh, mammograms. Mm-hmm. And so every year from 26, I had a baseline. And when I found it, I found it on my own. And, and I went to the doctor immediately. And they tested it and said, it's nothing. And oh, I, really? Yeah. And I said, so I waited about a month. And I, I said to my husband, I go, this isn't nothing. I, ha- I had, I kind of believe in the your gut and mm-hmm. what you believe. I mean, not to the point of like being a hypochondriac, but I was like, there's something going on here. So I went to a, um, a surgeon and he did, he looked at the, at the um, test results and he said, I can biopsy this right now or tomorrow. And I went, uh, right, right now. now. Yeah. And, um, but, and then it was what it was, but I just had to keep digging. I had to keep saying, wait, is this right? Is this right? So 20 years ago, I was doing everything. And my doctors would say, do you want to have the test? And here's what's going to happen if you do. Here's what the insurance company. And I'm like, well, that's going to mess me up. Mm-hmm. Like insurance wise and money wise. And all. I mean, you, you worry about the money too. You, right. you worry about how are you going to keep making a living while you're while you're surviving and and the world keeps going you think it's all going to stop because just you're wait sick. for you yeah no <laughs> nothing does not stops. stop at all so yeah i think you just have to stay on top of it and um use your resources all of them talk to people listen to you know and getting online it helps a little bit i've looked for how to improve my shoulder pec muscles there's nothing out there nothing I even I, I researched double mess I researched what happens when you cut a muscle and I said to John I go can I rebuild those muscles like is that possible and he's like absolutely can you do this I'm like yeah he goes then you can so it's being brave enough to ask the questions and hope that people don't look at you differently mm-hmm. and they just know that you want to do better right yeah and and then you're golden so I just say keep keep using all your resources right and, and being your own advocate Absolutely. somebody's not going to hand it to you no. on a silver platter and and when they said you have the gene here are your choices i went okay so i had a 95 percent chance of having breast cancer again which my mom did five years later and then went through the other um, mastectomy and then um they said so if you do a hysterectomy it goes to 60 some percent and that's pretty crazy to go through too because it takes a lot of who you are away even yeah. though you think oh wow 
Um, and then they said, if you do the double, you'll go to 3%. And I went, hmm, that's easy. Right, easy math. Three percent sounds like good good odds. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like anybody else. I'm not like the ninety some percentile. So yeah, it, it's playing the odds. If you're a gambler, right? You figure out what what you can handle, how far you can go, and then you hope that your significant others support that and are there for you for those decisions. Now, kind of talking about gambling, um, as like would. And how you said, like, it does take a little bit, of, uh, it takes a piece of you, right? right? It takes a piece of you. It all does. Now, knowing, knowing what you know, like, there's, there's, there's that 3%, the 65%. Some people are like, ah, right, man, I might, I might just risk the 65%. Would you have risked the 65% now? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, never. Would you just be like, because, yeah, it does take some out of you, but is it more, more of the fact, like, you know what? Some people might have a really hard, a much harder time with that mm-hmm. unless they have someone who said, no, hey, the 3% is better than your 65% and having a little piece of yourself. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And some people may trade that. They may yeah. say, you know, I don't feel like I would be whole unless I was whole. whole. Yeah. So it, but I remember before when my mom was going through everything, I said, well, I don't need my breasts. I mean, I, I'll still survive. It's not yeah. like a leg or your sure. heart or your right. brain. Eyeball. Or- right. Um, but when it happens... It's a little bit tougher decision because yeah. you are going into the hospital to have a surgery that no one's telling you you have to have. It's, it's, sure. it's weird calling to make the appointment to have a surgery that no one's telling you you have to have. Yeah. But if you have it, you're probably going to live. And I'm like, awesome. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's definitely what and when it happened. I kept thinking, how how can I ever make myself as scared as I was? That day and you can. Why would you want to make yourself that scared? Um, to, to, not, not to motivate to, yourself, or yeah, and to keep doing all the things that you have to do to and, stay healthy. Oh, oh, yeah, to stay healthy and to stay like yeah. There's there's yeah, healthy, but also feeling good about yourself. Mm-hmm. You still have to feel good about yourself. Well, because things definitely switch over in your mind. Like when you talk about being that scared to make that make that phone call. It's like things things have to change. The concept of time probably changes. You're, you're probably yeah. viewing time in a different way. You're probably viewing health in a different way. Like and it's scary. Yeah. So so I guess that's a good question. Why do I want to be that scared? I wanted to be that scared to be that motivated to pull the trigger on yes. all the things I had to do. Right. Like I was like, I remember we were going to get some furniture delivered, like the next week or something. And I thought, well, if I'm not alive, it doesn't matter if I get the sofa. Like, who cares? Who cares? You know, and, and you, well, the car, you know, the oil's leaking or whatever, you know. Whatever. Who, Small who, problems. Yeah, we, who cares? Like, it's hard to get to that point unless you're really at that point. Do you still, can you still cultivate that perspective now? It's pretty hard. How long, how long? So, so you're in that moment and it's like the little things don't matter. I love everybody around me. Everybody's amazing. Thank you for the support. How long till that kind of, you stop cherishing every moment of every day? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, did, that, did that slowly erode? And then, yeah, yeah, it does because then all the other things creep back in mm-hmm. to your life. And, and you don't want to hold on to that because the other thing is so many people are giving, you feel 
you, you just want to be normal. You don't want to hold on to you that don't feeling want to hold, of no. like trying to treasure every it's, second. No, because it's almost like a pity. I mean, you, you, yeah. you oscillate between pity and 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 being lifted up by it. You want to lift other people up. You want to help. And that's kind of why I'm, I'm talking to you guys today. I mean, if, if anybody's going through anything, it doesn't even have to be just cancer. It, heart disease, like knowing that you need to walk every day or knowing that you need to lose 30 pounds or knowing that you, you know, the healthier you eat so your mind is clear um, so that, you know, Alzheimer's, there's just all kinds of things. And it's just about finding your path to just stay vibrant, healthy, and feel good. Good. So so that's, so you, you went from, you know, not worrying about the small things to the small things creeping in over time, but you, you look at that as more of a paradigm shift of instead of being dependent to, to help others, um, you know, being dependable to others. Right. Exactly. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of times, like, I think this is actually really good. How many times do you sit down and either remember your story or go over your story? Yeah, no, not very no, often, but a lot of times, like really? you, you forget. It's in such a broad spectrum, like big period of time. I mean, really, it's a short, short period of time in relation to five years. Of according, it's a big part of your life, but in relation to your age, it's a small part. Absolutely. Right, but it's good to always remind ourselves of those stories because we're still. I mean, that still happened. Right, and, and I say once in a while, well, if I can do that, I can do anything. Yeah. I mean, you do start to kind of compare and go. Okay, this isn't the worst thing that's happened. I mean, when you have water in your basement or, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever happens. You're like, oh, okay, I got it. No yeah. problem. Now, I, have, I haven't lost that for sure. So you, so you still have the perspective. Absolutely. But you don't have the daily. I don't daily, have the fear. The, yeah, yeah. That's the part that's gone. The fear is gone. The perspective's there. Knowing you can survive. But just know that when people are going through those things, they, they don't want to feel... You know special in a way that is is negative or you feel sorry for them yeah but empathy and understanding and just knowing that it's hard knowing yeah. that it's a, yeah. it's a, it's that was a actually gonna be my next question like yeah you want to tell people like that are going through it what what they can do like mm-hmm. what, like what can you do to go through it but there's a lot of other people that are surrounding them that have no clue on what to do to help you. Like, it's like, right. I don't know how to... I've been here. I've never been here. I don't know. What, so then you do all these stupid things that you're not really supposed to do yeah. because you're just trying to help the person. And like, I don't want, like, leave me alone. Right? Right. So, like, what would you tell What would you tell all those other people, like, that want to help? Like, what are some... And it's going to be different for everybody. Everybody right. goes through a different you're, thing. You're right. But... Like, what are some things that people can do to, to help they, that someone they might know is going through it? Like, what would yeah. you have really appreciated or could have used or... You know, the, thing, the things that were helpful were when somebody said, hey, I know my great aunt had cancer and she, she did great. You know, she worked through it. Or if someone didn't do as well, um, don't say, well, you know, my aunt five years later, you know, yeah. she died. <laughs> or, or, or people come uh, up to you and go, what are you going to do? Oh, no. Yeah. You know, maybe do that at home. And then, you know, I had, you know, people go, you know, start to cry. Sure. And I wasn't like crying. I'm not dead. Yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I can say what not to do. But then, like you said, Jeremy, what to do, you kind of have to know the person well yeah. enough. I mean, always meals and that kind of thing helps 
but um, would it have helped if someone just asked like yeah. can what, I what, what can I do for you yeah instead of just trying to do something what can I do for you yeah I remember a couple of Brian's friends one of them uh, had a lawn service and he came over and mowed our lawn you know and just you know just thinking if, if it were you what would you want especially if you're friends or family you kind of know but yeah I, I try not to make somebody more scared because they already are yeah yeah and, and just say I've been there or I I know it'll be all right and you know telling people that they're handling things um, gracefully or with style or you know I mean I think that certain people have their trait whatever that might be like I, I didn't rock the wig mm-hmm. at all and I took it off at work one day and this this guy um, that I work with does it. He's bald, you know, and he's like putting it on. Everybody's laughing, and we're having fun with it, you know. And and those are great memories, you know. Yeah. People are like, oh, I remember you came in and you just rocked your scars, and you know, I had a couple ladies knit me a lot of hats. I mean, it's just those kind of things where you just remember, yeah, what what the little things were. It doesn't yeah. take a lot of big stuff. Now, here's a big one. Um, what would you? What would you like your, or what, I'm trying to get into like spouse. Yeah. Right now, they're your biggest, I mean, they're your biggest person in your corner or that could, they could be going through a, a whole nother scenario of, of events. Yeah. Right. That's going to be completely different. Like kind of walk, because some, if, if my wife ended up having breast cancer, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do either. Right. Yeah. So like. What would you tell the, the, the spouse of the person who roughly is maybe it's, going through That's that? tough, too, because my husband's mom was going through ovarian cancer at the same time. Oh, wow. So he had that, and then our little guy, and then me. And I think it, it it's tough, man. It, it's tough because I think you take on some of the pain or the... Well, and he has zero control. Right. Too. Over yeah. any of it. Over any of it. I think that you just understand understand that this is tough you're doing your best you aren't going to be normal um understand that i had to learn this this is hard it, there's a new normal mm-hmm. and you you do um, mourn the old normal mm-hmm. and i think as a spouse you guys would mourn the old, old normal and if it's a woman and it's cancer there there's a lot taken away what I learned is there's a lot taken away from the man as well uh, of of their wife um, or significant other and that that's hard there's a mourning process for all that too mm-hmm. it, it changes so much more than what you think it changes yeah so yeah I think it's understanding compassion empathy empathy is a, a big thing because you can't know what somebody is going through but to try to put yourself there and go how would that feel? And that's what, you know, when I said earlier, I try to remember the fear because you want to be empathetic to other people mm-hmm. and go, I remember. Yeah. I remember how that felt. No, so that's that. That's my, my final question for you is you have a perspective that none of us have. And you probably, you hope that nobody has that perspective. Right. But it's an incredibly valuable perspective because you look at the world from a different angle. It is. Yeah. How do you, how do you teach that to others? Wow, that's tough. I think by the things that, that that we're talking about is that you can't really ever imagine 
having a having something that could take your life but to live each day just as is happily and smile and have balance have people in your life try not to be try not to be too closed off understanding like if somebody's having a bad day like try to figure out why like and, and that was the thing is that you somebody else is going through something difficult mm -hmm. and just just try to be there for people yeah I love that but can we finish on that just be there for people <laughs> I mean that's be what it's all about people. yeah seriously thank really you so much for, for sharing sure. your story we, we absolutely love chatting with sure. you and, and hearing more and and we had no idea yeah. When you came in, I mean, you're just a little spitball, and you just you come in and you do the work, and we just put the the lifter things in your shoes when you're squatting. <laughs> yeah, there, you know yeah, it helps your ankles. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but to hear that story, I mean, that you know, to one, it, it hits us. Yes, you're you're taking yourself, you're improving your bone density. All, all your numbers are going the right direction. But right. I didn't know any of the background, so it's really special for you to be able to share that story with sure. us and and with everybody here, the, the millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> listening. But anyway, thank you, Linneo. Thank you. Again, appreciate your time. Thanks.